Welcome to From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. Turn off, tune in, and turn on. Join sex and happiness coach Lori Handlers and executive coach Jen Koken as they traverse the worlds of sex, pleasure, power, and partnership. And now, please welcome Lori Handlers and Jen Koken. Well, all right, listeners. Yeah, we're back with uh, boardroom to the bedroom and back. So we're back. Yeah, Lori Handlers, that's you. And Jen Koken, that's you. That's correct. I don't know that they they know our voices yet. They probably don't yet. We'll see. Maybe. Unless they know us, know us. All our friends will be listening and and family. They will. Yeah. So today we're talking about the embodied feminine, and I say that's an oxymoron. Yeah, say more about that. Um, To be embodied, to be in form, like to be form rather than formless, is the feminine. So when we say embodied feminine, it's kind of an oxymoron. But we do need to give some details about that and tell people what we're talking about because a lot of people don't know at all what embodiment is. Well, let's, before we even do that, I think we need to tell people what this podcast is about because they might, oh, they sure. only might have like gotten to, this might be their first episode. So if this is your first episode, Lori is an international sex and happiness coach and I'm an international executive coach. And we have combined forces to talk about, to create, to conjure to discover what it is to harness a a woman, identified woman's sexual energy to lead, to be a better leader, to harness their sensuality, to harness their femininity in the bedroom, to be a better lover, because that the power comes from the same source, the same power you used to lead when you're in the divine feminine, when you're embodied the feminine, which is an oxymoron, Lori just said. (laughs) Um, it it goes hand in glove as it were. And Lori knows a lot about hands and gloves. (laughs) (laughs) I love, we need a ding on, we need a ding, ding on that one. (laughs) There we got a ding. There you go. So, so yeah. So, um, embodiment. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of us have grown up and were raised to believe that the only important thing was the thoughts we had in our head, that the most important thing was from the neck up, and every idea, every thought, every thing that we could postulate was the only thing that was important because we grew up under the influence of what's called the patriarchy. So the most important thing was ideas, knowledge, and wisdom of thinking. Mm. And it's only the past, let's say 20 years since I've been doing Tantra and teaching sacred sexuality that I've seen people realize there's much more to us than being a talking head. Yeah. And that means being embodied. And so what does that actually mean? It means dropping in and valuing everything below the neck that 
connects to every thought and idea and everything else that we have that that is not just an idea of oh i have this thought and i'll act on it and i'll live from it no what does my heart say about that what does my gut say about that which the gut they call as the other brain and then what does my sex feel about that and and each of those places in the body has an important value an important way in on who we are as human beings up until the last two decades pretty much ignored mm. it's interesting as you're saying that i have so many thoughts about this but one of the thoughts i had is from a neuroscience perspective feelings or sorry thoughts feelings and body sensations arise at the same time so i feel like it's been neck up thoughts but also feelings weren't, not that they weren't allowed, but you weren't supposed to listen to them. And right, then there was some, valid. what's that? They were not validated. They, they were not. When I was working in corporate America and they used to talk to us about um, when we were hiring an employee, like I used to train managers and executives to hire employees and they would say, disregard your gut feel. Go with what's on the paper, what the person wrote as their qualifications. Gut feels are based on pre-prejudices. Like, yeah, that's what they, that's. Yeah, I'm shaking my head. No, you know, no, that, that's not. But, but yeah, the other thing I was going to say is that, um, and I get that because I was told the same thing, your feelings don't matter. And we, you and I have both studied other disciplines that have also told us feelings don't matter because they only focus on the thoughts. And then there's been some disciplines, I feel like, and some thinking that it's all about feelings and you're all in your feelings, which makes no sense either, because whether you're only uh, giving power to thoughts or feelings, none of them are from a spot of creativity. It's all reaction. It's all triggers that we have that trigger that thought that trigger that feeling. When we're talking about embodied, what does my gut say? That requires presence. Mm-hmm. stillness. Let me actually drop into my body and, and notice where do I feel things? And then even that can, because not only does our gut have gray matter, but our cells have gray matter and remember every single thing. So this is actually how you and I got reconnected after many, many years, which is mm-hmm. that moment when um, my lover at the time playfully pinned me up against the wall to kiss me. And I freaked out and felt like there was a vice grip around my throat and my chest. And he backed up and I backed up and I said, where did that come from? And your little face <laughs> smiling <laughs> up at me. I'm like, I don't know what Lori's up to. Let me reach out to her. And that's when you said, well, you can come to Phoenix or Costa Rica. I went to Costa Rica and that's when I got grounded in this idea yeah. through yeah. you of embodiment. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let me describe it in, I'm going to describe it in some pretty simple terms that almost anybody can actually relate to. In ISTA, the school that I teach in, the International School of Temple Arts, we teach something called the happy inner family. And so the happy inner family is made up of four parts. One is the head, the thought processes, the intellect. Two is the heart, three is the gut, four is the sex. And let me give you the functions of each part. And let, and let me say ahead of time that um, it's really important to weigh in and check in with each one of these centers 
when you're making a big decision in your life, when you're making a business decision, when you're uh, when you need to move forward and you're looking for direction, these this these are the centers to consult. So the head, the function of the head is intellect and wants to be smart and right. Like wants to make sure that this decision, the choice is the right one as if there is a right one. Um, but to be but to look good and be right about it. The heart's function is to love. Mm. The heart wants to love and connect. The heart wants me and everybody else to love and connect. So what's the heart would ask, you know, what's the most connective solution here? What would put me in the most uh, desirable position with my employees or with my colleagues or, or whoever? And then um, the gut wants to, it, the gut is like survival of uh, like wanting to feel good and not uh, like feel queasy or upset or whatever. The gut is, the gut's job is to overall feel healthy. Like feel, balanced, like in, in homostasis. Like. Yeah. And feel safe, mm. you know, like it's instinctual. It's almost like, uh, or, or intuitive. It's like, Oh, I have a gut feeling about this. Right. Intuitively. I know not to do that tonight or not to go there or not yeah. to, it's like a big intuition piece. And then the sex is survival and, and procreation and also penetration. So it's like, how can I penetrate this field? How can I um, make my mark known? How can I, how can I make sure I survive? And, and it, you know, and it's, it's sexy, it's hot, it's, it's good. And all of those centers, and what happens for most of us is we only depend on one. Like, like I used to only depend on my intellect and disregard my feelings. Then I couldn't disregard them anymore. But, and sometimes we only regard one or sometimes they all scream at us at the same time. Yeah. Now what do you do? You have to go to each one. One at have a time. Have a little chat over tea. Yeah. And yeah, you close your, yeah. You close your eyes. Mm. And you tune in and you go, what is really going on here? What is my sex trying to tell me? My sex is my creative life force. It's what creates new life. It's what creates new projects. It's what creates new things. It's creation. So it's like, what is it telling me? What is my intuition and my gut telling me? What is my heart that just wants me to be a filial, loving telling me, and then what do I know from my knowledge base? Well, Those what, look, well, what happens if, uh, uh, they're all different or two of the four, like, how, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you know which one to follow? Um, you then have a little conversation with the two that are ruling. <laughs> but does it, is it, is it, is it, is it, I'm just going to keep going. Is it, is it, is it, is it, it feels like it, it's practice. Like I am very, it's funny. I've never asked, what does my sex think? It's mm. also where the root chakra is. So that's that experience yeah. of safety is all, all also right. And the yes. experience of, of creation. Um, I, I've, I've thought about, you know, mostly I have a lot of thoughts, 
about a lot of things that I, <laughs> that I try to ignore because I know I'm full of shit, you know, half the time. Uh, well, it's, let me back up and say, I don't always know I'm full of shit. And then there's a point where I go, ah, oh, full of shit. Like that, what am I doing? Shooting on myself. You know, I should, this right. is what happened to me over the weekend. Cause you know, I'm in the process of buying this house and just got the go ahead. And Saturday I was out getting a, um, a storage locker. And then I also now volunteer at a local theater down there. So I was hanging out, had some dinner with friends and went to Usher and Sunday, I didn't feel like doing a thing. I met a friend for brunch and we did a little shopping and I just wanted to read a book. I'm in the middle of reading a really great book. All these things I should be doing all the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was making myself crazy. And I finally posted something in the group program I'm in and just the, the effort, not the effort, but the exercise is a better word. Well, that does take effort, but the exercise of writing it down by the end, I went, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to keep reading my book and I'm going to go to bed early because I can tell the body, right? Wants rest. And I have noticed since the time change and things like that, I've wanted way more rest. Mm. Um, I don't, I am not uh, practice and asking what my sex wants, but now I'll be like, Hey, <laughs> my Yoni, what you need, girlfriend, what you're trying to say to me, going to talk to it sexy like. That's right. That's exactly right. See, that's what being embodied is. Mm. It's the, it, everything we talk about. I mean, for me, everything I talk about is practice. Yeah. So it's like practicing the piano. This is like practicing whatever it is. And this is the embodiment practices to be quiet and ask the centers in my body, what do they have to say about whatever? And then listen, and then go with the strongest one or the strongest two. Well, and, it, and asking your sex is really important. Yeah. And, and uh, the other thing that I love about what you said, because this is what I do with my clients too, is I always, we always create practices that they're going to experiment with. Because mm -hmm. I think if you're, you know, I'm taking voice lessons or you're playing the piano, you don't need to get it right. That's what practice is about. You're experimenting. If you're playing the piano with a different way, maybe to sit in the chair, or I practiced with my voice lessons and my standing and my sitting, I just bought a little mini piano because I can't seem to hit certain notes. And so that's going to help me, but it, you're experimenting with things. So as we're touching in with our head, our heart, our body and our sex, we may go with whichever one, and it may not turn out so well. And that's okay. Cause that then points you to what's missing that if it were there, it would make a difference next time. Okay. What did mm -hmm. I miss? What? Okay. Well, I, I did what Lori said, mm -hmm, but I guess I really wanted to listen to what my sex had to say. I really wanted that. And I get now that was from wanting rather than the way I would say it to my clients is if it's light, it's right. If it's heavy, it's wrong. Like I always say, check in with your body. What does your body want? Does thinking about saying yes to that project, starting that project. Like when you and I were talking about doing this podcast, we're busy women, but it sounded like so much fun to be doing this together. We're like, yeah, we're a hell yes. But other people have approached me. I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we are super busy. So we have to prioritize. This yeah. sounded like fun and everything in my body said yes. Mm -hmm, me too. Well, I said yes. And yeah, that's, that's really it. It's hmm, going only with one just especially if it's the mind, 
to me, the mind is not my friend necessarily. It's smart, but it worries about the past and frets about the future. And my gut doesn't do that so much. And my other, my sex doesn't do that at all. There is no past and future. Right. Just my, present. It's, it's just present. Like, am I turned on to this? I'm really, am I a hell yes? Am I turned yeah. on by the idea? Or am I not? If I'm not, like, you can't twist my arm. Yeah. And my heart may want you to love me. So I might want to please you and say yes, but I know it's not my truth. If I do that, I'm sabotaging both of us. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of a friend of mine. Um, well, one thing I was going to say is, you know, they say a mind's a terrible thing to waste. No, it's yeah. not. That's fine. Yeah. Like, don't listen to your mind. It, you should waste that right there. <laughs> but I have this really dear friend that I hang out with. And if we're, you know, we're both single, so we're hanging out somewhere and we see a good looking guy, she'll look at me and go guacamole. That's what she says when she feels like she starts getting juicy and wet. She's like guacamole. So now when I'm thinking about my practice is going to be, do I get guacamole thinking about this? That's right. That's awesome. Really, really awesome. So yeah, embodied means to be embodied, means to feel it all, have it all, experience it all throughout the whole being, Mm. body, mind, and spirit, the whole thing, not just being smart. Yeah. Not just having gotten A's on your report card or 800 on your college boards. Yes. Congratulations if you had that, if you got that, that's wonderful. Good on you. For you, but, but that isn't all there is. Yeah. And we were, not, we were not taught to tune in to any of that. We were actually taught to tune away. Yeah. And this is why in the beginning when our interest says turn off, like turn off the mind, tune into your body, turn on your sex. Azure, this is the whole point of this. There was um, something else I was going to say, which is as when we talk about the embodied feminine and being a leader, so many leaders out there are reading books. They're putting knowledge in their mind. They are having, like you were talking about when you were in corporate, ignore your gut, do it this way. This is the scripted way. But I think innovation, discovery, wonder, uh, invention, all those things live in embodiment of all four arenas that we're talking about, because then you're able to have something come into view that your mind can't see and can't predict. And I love what you said, that the mind is either predicting, being upset about the past or predicting the future. It's so true. It really is. And that's, I mean, that's what its job is. And Mm -hmm. it's not bad or wrong. It's just not the only thing. You know, when people say, drop, you know, get out of your head, get into your body. Well, you can't get out of your head because your head is part of the body. So this, so that's a silly expression that people use. Mm. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about giving the other voices equal say. Yeah. That's it. That's good. Say that again. That's, that's really important. Ding, ding. Giving the other voices equal say is what's so important. It doesn't mean to drop your mind. Yeah. So that's all here. And, um, and so when we say the embodied feminine, that's true whether you're in a body that looks like a feminine body or a female body or a male body, it doesn't matter. To be embodied is a practice of the feminine Mm -hmm. because it's formless. No, because it's formed, formed, form. It is form. Formless is consciousness. Okay. Formless is 
potential, its idea, its spirit, its uh, it's like belief, mm. but it isn't. It doesn't have form. When it takes form, then it's in the realm of the feminine. Cool. Even Is that in the body? Yeah. Say that again. What? What did you just say? It's when it's in form, it's feminine, even if it's a male body. Okay. So is, uh, I'm, I'm about to say something that feels like cause and effect, but that's the only, these are my only words for it. And it doesn't, Okay. is that because women give birth because we bring something into form, uh, as a function of having female reproductive, but however, that's, is it, is that why it's called the feminine? Well, you know, it's more, I think it's more, uh, simplistic than that. It's like magnets that attract. So the masculine penetrates. So someone can be penetrated with ideas or penetrated with a penis or penetrated. And there's, um, and that's potential. There's, it's, that's, potential. And then when it comes into form, that's form. That's like, that's it. That's the thing. So it's, it's like, if we're talking about yang and yin, like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't even, I don't, I didn't make these things up. I don't even know where they came from. I don't know how people even discovered it. But what I'm saying is that the lack of form, just the idea, just the consciousness, just the thought. That's all the realm of the masculine. Gotcha. Well, if somebody's listening to this, one of our listeners wants to comment where this came from, they could put it in there and then we'd both know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty to be said about it. There's, you know, um, we can study it in, in the ancient forms of yang and yin. I say yang and yin because Yang is the masculine and yin is the feminine. And when people say it the other way, yin yang, then they think the opposite. So I like to say yang and yin. Yeah. Um, And we need that like, okay, this will be a, a future show, but we need those polarities to feel attraction like mm. magnets. Mm. We need those polarities. And um, I don't care. People can be in a same sex relationship and they still need polarity to feel mm. heat, to feel drawn, mm. to feel attraction. So people can play with that. The idea is to play with it. It's not to get stuck. Yeah. Well, I love, I love that need that tension, those polarities, because it's actually the way that I do stand up comedy, which really? is, and the way that I coach people too. Uh, because I always bring the comedian side of me into the coaching because, you know, people's undies get in a bunch when you're, when they're really confronted. And I say to people, the truth will set you free, but it'll piss you off first. Right. Right. There's this moment of tension. And then I say something that's going to let a little bit of the air out because if when I'm coaching people, there's the tension, I don't do that. They're going to start to resist. Right. You have to like back away a little bit, like ease the tension, the space a little bit. It's the same thing I do with comedy. I have a terrible joke, which I love, which I do every time because, you know, my sister's Orthodox Jewish. She, uh, she had eight kids and, you know, first birth was really hard. Yeah. And they have like 12 among the, the oldest four, or maybe 13 or 14, uh, 13 or 14 great 
nieces and nephews. But anyhow, so Chava had her first, you know, kid and labor was hard. Her eighth, 20 minutes. And I started laughing. I go, oh, last time that something came out of me that fast was when I was kickboxing and I peed <laughs> myself a little bit. <laughs> and then when I tell people, you know, that she had eight kids and then they have, you know, 12 or 13, they reacted the same way you did. And I was like, well, you know, Holocaust thing, we didn't really come out on the right side. We're trying to repopulate ever since. And people kind of laugh. And then they're like, oh crap, I just laughed about the Holocaust. I'm like, it's okay. You laughed. Then you realize it was a Holocaust joke. It's still too soon. It's all right. I'm with you. And so like that, that's the very same thing you're talking about this give and take. Mm -hmm. I love those polarities. And I love that it doesn't matter what uh, gender identified body you're in or what uh, sexual relationship you're in to men, to women, man and woman, whatever, three men, two women, whatever, but that always that give and that take that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's our, that's our talk for today. The yeah. embodied feminine means listening to the signs in your body, taking care of your body, noticing your body, asking your body, giving your body some say in the matter, all of that is, is what it means to be in, in embodied and feminine. And, and yeah, go ahead. And it doesn't matter. You can have the embodied feminine in a male body. So, yeah. And then it's the embodied. We, you mean, we mean head, heart, gut. body, gut, and sex. And, sex. and that's mm-hmm. what it is when we're looking at embodied feminine. So your job listeners is just to notice, play, practice, like start tuning in with all four areas. If you so choose, if you so choose to accept this. Yeah. If (laughs) if you choose to take this assignment. Yeah. If you choose to play. Great. Awesome. Well, next time we have a super fun show. Also, which I love, I think you were the one who named this one. And I love the name, which is, um, I'm not your mommy nor your competition. So you want to say a little bit about that for the next show? Yeah. Remember what we talked about? I thought you named it, but that's okay. Did I name Uh, it? I don't remember. Yeah. I'm not your mommy or your competition means in relationship to men as a very successful woman. I don't want to be seen as when I'm relating to you, whoever you are, whether it's uh, whether I'm your boss or whether I'm your date. I am not your mommy and I'm not your competition. So I'm not going to mother smother you. I'm not going to take care of you endlessly. I don't want that. Uh, And I don't, I don't want to compete with you. I don't want one of us to think we have my balls are bigger than your balls or whatever. Like if I'm with you, I want to be a person and I want you to be a person. And, um, and I'd like there to be some polarity. Yeah. So I'm not going to, so there's no polarity with mommy. Yeah. Unless you have that kink. We'll talk, we could talk about that too. Oh, that's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no polarity with competition. There's just, uh, there's this like rappel. And I've had that in relationships and I'm sure you have. And yeah. I know, I know that powerful women have. So let's, we need to talk about that. Yeah. Because I love the topic of our next show. I love the topic of every show, but I think what's so important about that piece about not being your competition, so many powerful women, 
I know I've been told this. I know you have, uh, you've got to dial it back. You can't really be yourself around men, but I too think much. what happened you're too much, you're too much. Yeah. The issue of too much. I think we're actually doing a show about that one, but mm-hmm. we're, we're not because compel when we're competing, like you said, we're repelling, right? Mommy repelling. It's re- yeah. Love yeah. It. All right. So we're going to talk about that and uh, we welcome your comments. We welcome your questions. We welcome your, we welcome your disagreement. We don't like whatever it is. We're okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because nothing we're saying is the truth. We're in discovery. We're having conversation. So yeah, put the comments down below and we'll respond on a show or in the more comments for sure. Beautiful. Yes. All right. That's it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jen. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Always a pleasure to be with you too, Lori Handlers. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. We hope you'll join us again next time as we continue to traverse the worlds of sex, leadership, power, and partnership. To find out more about Lori, please visit her website, lorihandlers.com. To find out more about Jen, go to jenkoken.com Electric Acid Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour.